Shall we begin? Hello, everyone. My name is Deshopet Dorothy, and welcome to another episode of our Summer Series podcast. In the Summer Series, we focus on the biggest topics around the EPL today, uh, major news points. Um, today's discussion, we will talk a little bit about um, David DeGay's contract and time at United. Uh, my United's new keeper search and striker search. Um, Liverpool's new Hungarian talent. And um, Arsenal's potential midfield trio and the squad depth reality for Arsenal, facing Arsenal next season. Um, we'll obviously talk a little bit about some other random topics, but we'll try to keep it at a minimum. Um, to help me with that today, um, I have my co-host, Shola. Hey, Shola, how's it going? Good, as usual. Yeah, it's good, good, good. Just have... Uh, this weekend has flown so by. It's like one minute was Friday. It's already Monday, you know. But it's all good. Um, I'm also look. I'm looking forward to our trip in two weeks. Two weeks, right? I believe. Oh no, yeah. it's next. Is it next weekend? No, no, it's weekend. Oh, the weekend after the coming weekend. Yeah, yeah. I saw the time. So we are going to actually going to go see United face Arsenal in New York. Wait, it's not New York. It's no, New Jersey, right? New Jersey. New Jersey. So yeah, so we we are actually going to go watch Arsenal face United in New Jersey, which would be fun. Hopefully we get to see Mount versus Havertz. So we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, also here with us is Alex. Alex, how are you doing today? OG. I'm, I'm very well, sir. Very well. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah man. Going in today. Good, good. Good to see you all suited up as usual. You know, we should, be giving a, we should be giving you additional points for, for, for wearing suits to the office. It looks it looks good on you. On a, on a, on a, on a Sunday as well. That's <laughs> like, a, a for effort. <laughs> for anyone that's just listening for uh, the first time, is, um, Alex has this um, suited up waistcoat thing going on with his um, Zoom picture. And it's so like challenging, like... <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, every so, time he says something, it, it pops up. And I'm always like, what is going on? This guy, calm down now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why that's, that's why that's um, about. Um, and finally, last um, but not least, um, Akiyami. Akiyami Oshodi. Now, I, I've known Akiyami for a long time. We used to live in the same estate in Ikeja in Nigeria. And um, Akiyami is an ass, sorry, not an he is a Manchester <laughs> United fan. Let me know, let me not spoil this rep before he even says anything. Akiyami, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's good to be here. I mean, I don't know why it's taking this long, but better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> better late than never, but um, yeah, good to be here. To yeah, be that's here. that's our fault. Thank you for finally coming on. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks a lot. So, um, you know what? You know what? It's good to have you here. And um, I know you play FPL as well, right? And this is just yes, FPL. FPL um, just recently reopened this week. So, obviously, we, we like, talk a, lo- a little bit more about FPL on here during the season. We'll probably have something, like, closer to the start of the season. But I can't. Have you started tinkering? Nope. Nope. I'm going <laughs> to wait till probably a week or two before the season starts. Um, okay. I'm still I, expecting a couple of transfers, so let's see how they go first before I, I start. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Yeah. So do you mute um, Shola's messages on prices and players to look at? No, we've not. Actually, <laughs> we've not started discussing it. We've not started oh, okay. discussing it from the group. So it's still, I guess everyone is still doing their research right now. But yeah, looking right. forward to it. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So staying on you here, like one of the topics that's been really like, you know, most of the group chats I'm on, everyone is going on and on and on about this, right? Is DG, um, David DeGay's contract ends at United. There was talk that you guys put a deal down and then you pulled it back out. You know, I don't know whether you guys, I, I don't know what happened there, but uh, what, what actually happened? Is that is that what happened? You guys offered him something and then he waited too long or you guys just threw the rug out from under him? Honestly, I don't really know much about this story. I think yeah. Shola is probably in the best position to talk about it because I saw him uh, mention it a couple of hours ago. But but I'll give my piece on the whole situation. Yeah. Now, the gay is a legend at United. Legend. He's done very well for us. But there comes a time when you have to move on. There comes a time when you have to say, okay, you've done your parts. Let someone else take over the reign. Um, when I heard or when I found out that they offered him a new contract, I was like, what is going on with this club? Is it that we are not learning from our past mistakes? Now, one of the things that I've criticized the game for in the past is, so when I look at the keeper rights, there are various characteristics that the keeper must have. Now, you have to be a good shot stopper. You have to control your box. And modern football expects you to be able to use your feet. You have to be confident kicking the ball. Now, I look at all these metrics, and the game is lacking in a lot of them. Apart from shot stopping, I'm posing this question to everyone. Can you tell me what else David De Gea is good at as a goalkeeper? Oh, I like that. Shola, do you want to do you want, do you want to actually go in there? But before Shola actually goes in there, I actually think I think um, De Gea never got better at anything else apart from shot stopping. If he did get better, it was it was like really small positive change. But most of it, I feel like he just remained a, a great shot stopper. But what about you, Shola? What do you think? So, I agree with pretty much everything Aki said because I know Aki and, Aki and I have been calling for the gate to leave since 2020. We have been on the, the game. We need to move on from the gate since the 2020 season. Like, we've been on that. And I think for me, obviously, that the, that, the hair is probably one of the best shot stoppers I've ever seen. Like, there's some saves he make, he's made that you're like, how do you even save that? But again, you look at other parts of his game. I think what even used to annoy me the most was him not coming off his line. I cannot stand a goalkeeper that just never comes out for crosses because you are, put, you are giving your defense more work and you're more likely to concede a goal if you're not trying to prevent... It's, it's, very, it's, it's not proactive. You know, when I look at footballers, I like it to be proactive. You know, to take that initiative. Like not to just wait for the boats on the line and for the Lord to take a shot for you to have to save it. Like I want you to put yourself in a situation where you don't even have to make the save. Do you get 
Fair enough. So, so, so basically, um, he didn't do that. He, he didn't get better at, at, at that. Yeah, he didn't get better. And even the shot stopping he's so good at, he, that we've, we're seeing that there's a decline. Like, there's some high-profile games David De Gea have cost us because he's made some high-profile mistakes. Last season, for example, the game made the most errors leading to goals with four. No more, no other keeper made more more errors leading directly to goals than David De Gea. And it's so, mad. He still got the he still got the golden was it golden yeah, boot? He got the golden, Sorry, not golden boot. Yeah, he got golden the golden glove. glove. And I think obviously he played his part because he made some great saves as well. Like I said, the guy makes some amazing saves. All right, fair enough. It's very modern day football. There's just more. You can't just be a short stopper. And if you want, if you want to take your team to the next level because you look at Liverpool, for example, they brought in Allison. Crucial to the way they play. Pep, one of the first things he did when he got to Man City was Joe Hart. I know you've won the league twice, but you, you're not, I can't, I can't move forward. I can't take this team to the next level you as my number one. Then he brought in Bravo. Bravo didn't work and he immediately replaced him with Edison. I mean, Arsenal, Arteta, one of Ramsdale was very, very, he pursued Ramsdale for a while. Like, it was very, very important for him to get that goalkeeper. So, the goalkeeper is very, very important because everything starts from him. All right. If you have a goalkeeper that can, you know, that that inspires confidence in the defenders, you know, even that even, even the mix, like, it, it helps. Like, it's like, like I said, I use Liverpool and City has very good examples because they have the two best goalkeepers in the league. Yeah, and, and the two and the two best keepers are like essential to the way they play. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And sticking on on Liverpool here a little bit. I mean, Alex, the way they ran this guy out of town is a bit bad, though. Like someone that gave them what was it, twelve years, and to just up and leave like that. What did you? What was your take on that? Yeah, like I like I already told you guys early on. Yesterday, I think the way Man United handled this uh, was 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 wrong. Like I I I know why they did it. Would I have done it? Yes, but I think the the approach was totally wrong. Uh, like Silas already mentioned, David De Gea had been costing Man United a lot of games and as and subsequently a lot of points over the past six to twelve months. His mistakes have been becoming more and more frequent. So I think they needed to do something in that regards. But the issue I have is. For a player that has played, that's been that's pretty much carried that United team for a number of years on his back alone. I think the treatment was a little bit unfair. Giving him a contract, reviewing it, taking it back, reducing the terms and, and things like that. I think what they should have just done ultimately was to just say, we don't want you anymore or we're not going to renew your contract. Bow out gracefully. But I think the issue United had, and that's the only thing I'll, I'll just maybe give them some slack for, is I don't think they were sure of how much cash they would have this summer. I'm sure I can correct me if I'm wrong. I think obviously the whole Qatari takeover talks, it's been it's been ongoing for a while. So in one minute, they probably think they will have enough money to go out and splash on a big goalkeeper. The next minute, they're not sure when the take, when the takeover will actually happen. So I think to be fair to Eric Ten Hag, he wasn't really sure timing-wise, which is why he he just thought he would keep every day on ice until he's able to actually get the funds to get the goalkeeper that he wants. And that looks to be the case now. It looks like United are going to close in on Onana. 
which means they don't really need David De Gea. David De Gea is never going to be one to sit down and take second choice in terms of being a second choice go- goalie. So I think that's the way it's been played out. It's been a little bit, a little bit has left a bit of taste in everyone's mouth. But I understand why they did what they did. At the end of the day, in football, you got to look after yourself. So uh, yeah. both parties could have done better. Fair enough. And uh, so before I go back to you here, um, um, speaking a little bit about Onana here, because um, Alex actually mentioned it. Aki, what is your take on Onana? What? Do you, how do you see him? Because they're like they're like two different sets of people. People are like, oh my god, look at him with the skills on the ball, you know, which is what every coach wants now with their keeper. They want a keeper that can use the ball, touch it, spray it around, like you know, like you know what. And they are, they live with the mistakes. They know that the keeper will make mistakes. But then there's also in that section of people that think Onana is not great at shot stopping. So I've always known Onana as a really good keeper. But what is your take on him? Um, personally, I think he's a good keeper. Um, like I said, modern football, it's more than short stopping. There are a lot of things that go into it. And when I look at all the boxes, it ticks a lot of boxes. He's good with his feet. He's confident and comes out for the ball, which the gay never did. Is short stopping? Uh, I don't know. I think he's decent. I don't think he's the best out there, but he's decent. So I think for the team to move forward and the way um, ETH wants to play, it needs a keeper like Unana, someone who can build from the back, someone who can allow the defense to push up. Now, what you're going to see with United this coming season is that we are going to play a bit further forward. You have the Varana and Martinez playing close to the center circle because they have that confidence that if the ball goes behind them, they have a goalkeeper who plays as a sweeper, which will make us be on the front foot a lot more, which we didn't do under the game because the game was constantly in his 18-yard box. He never left his 18-yard box. So I understand, I mean, everyone has seen the videos online with him coming out, trying to dribble. We're all going to have a bit of that attack. When it starts, that's the honest truth. But I think at the end of the season, when we all come back and look at it, we are going to say, okay, we made the right decision. We are a better team because of this guy. That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. Thanks for that. To be honest with you, sorry, to be honest with yeah. you, there are not a lot of options out there. I mean, mm-hmm. a couple of people are saying, um, what's the name of this Porto guy? Um, Costa, I think his name is Costa. Costa, Costa, Costa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we saw him at the World Cup. He was jittering, mm-hmm. and the only thing people talk about him is, oh, he's good with his feet. Onana too is good with his feet, but we don't know anything else about Costa. That's the honest truth. The few times we've seen him at the World Cup, he was not the most confident. So I think we are. We don't have a lot of options. That's the honest truth in terms of goalkeepers. There are not a lot of world-class goalkeepers out there. So if the coach is saying, okay, I know this Onana, I was his coach for a number of years, and I'm confident that he can do what I need, then I think we should all support him. Uh, That's the way I look at it, yeah. Fair enough. Um, I like that. I like that you mentioned the fact that they also work together. Because one of the good things with all these coaches is that once they work together with someone, they're able to, you know, they're going to have someone that already 
already knows their ideals, knows the way they play. So it should be easier for Onana to adapt to uh, Premier League as well, like you said. And, you know, it's not bad if you are buying the keeper that's pretty much got to the UEFA Champions League final last year. So it's not as if you are buying um, someone that um, that doesn't have any pedigree at all. So um, also, um, speaking about United still a little bit more, um, and I can me mentioned there that, you know, Onana is going to help you play forward, you know, help you break the lines, come forward with the ball. Now, focusing on, like, going forward, um, Shola, this new striker that you guys are chasing, that Adla- I don't know if Atlanta about to buy you on that guy, to be honest, but, I mean, what, what's your take on, what's his name, Rasmus, right? Rasmus, Holland, yeah. Is he New Holland, right? New Holland. Well, I, mean, I don't know about that, Sha. <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen a couple of YouTube clips and he's a big guy. He scores, scores, but he doesn't score that much. Why, why the big focus on this guy? Um, I think it's mostly about potential. Nothing more. Um, From what we hear, what we read, it's that he has, he's a player with high potential. Like, so... You get so it's really not like his goal record is nothing to write home about because like I think what in his career he has like twenty seven goals so wow. I mean and he's still young he's twenty years old but you know he has you know the ideas that like he has all the attributes to, to go to go on to be a top player to go on to mm-hmm. be a top striker you know is you know kind of like similar with this the Brighton kid Evan Ferguson he's another one oh, yeah. that's built to be like that that like. You know, he has this high poten- potential to be an elite player if developed right. So does does Marshall leave this summer then? Man, under personally, under any circumstances, I don't want he should not be at the club come August eleventh. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no there's no circumstance he should be at the club. Like why? He's mm. unreliable, like I mean he, he hardly ever plays. He hardly ever plays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't. I mean, let me pull you the, in on this a bit. What, what is your take on, Mar- on um, what's it called, on Marshall? And actually, do you think that it's possible to actually see Rashford go up top next season, especially with the fact that you now have uh, Mounts who can play on that left? Uh, okay, so I'm going to touch on Marshall. Um, yeah, Marshall has been stealing a living. To be honest with you, he's been stealing a living for like three, four years. Is uh, is not like Chola said. Is not the most reliable, and even when he's fit, is half-hearted in his approach. You don't see him running through the lines trying to help the team. Um, so I think one of the major major goals. I said it when the season ended that I won't be happy um, at the start of next season if we still have Marshall, Degay and Maguire in the team. I think those three, they need to leave. One of them is out. We have two left. I don't know what they are going to do, whether it's cancel his contract, whether he will go on loan somewhere else, but he needs to leave that club. It's just not... It doesn't offer anything. It doesn't offer anything. So I don't see the point of um, keeping dead woods when you're not going to use them and when they offer you nothing. So that is that for Marshall. Now, in yeah, terms of yeah. Rashford playing up front, I mean, he did it a couple of times this past season. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's his best position. Um, I think he lacks certain parts 
um, to his game that you need a number nine to have. He can't play with his back to goal. Um, he loses the ball frequently when he plays up top like that. So I don't, I don't think that's the best option, to be honest with you. Now, going back to this Rasmus kid, um, I agree with everything Shola said about him. There's potential there. You can see it. He has space. He's strong. Um, I don't know about his finishing. I think that can still be improved upon. Um, so I can see why ETH is after him, but I feel they need to get a more seasoned striker. Maybe, I don't know. They, I don't Strikers are, are a premium right now. So there are not yeah. a lot of them out there. But I feel we need someone else to play um, that striking position when Rasmus is not available, not to put him in the firing line um, as soon as possible. Let him develop, let him grow his game before he takes over. So I don't know who they have in mind because from what I've read, apparently the coach wants two strikers. Um, so I don't know where they will find the second striker from, but let's wait and see. We still have about two months left in the window. So fingers yeah. crossed, you'll be able to get someone else in. Yeah, and um, speaking on that, I mean, because I, I was thinking about that as well, that wouldn't they need at least two strikers? I mean, um, Alex, in days of old, this is okay. a situation where, you know, uh, United would just say, how much is it for Mbappe? I'm ready yeah. to drop 4.5 million. I'm ready to drop 150 million for the guy and pay and get it. But it doesn't look like United yeah. are out there actually spending that much that much money. So what do you think about yeah. that? Do you think this is a yeah. situation where they will see that quality player that they are looking for in the market? Apart from Rasmus, obviously. Yeah, I think I think I think you you've all you've all pretty much hit the nail on the head. The issue United have at the moment is they're not then there are very few elite strikers out in Europe at the moment. <laughs> you can probably count them in one hand. So when you start thinking of the likes of Harry Kane, Victor, Victor, you start running out of strikers. So United have a massive, massive issue on their hands where they need to find, because I agree, I think they need two strikers because one would not be enough. And if you're going to get one striker, it better be a Harry Kane. Mm. This, this, this chat from Atalanta that they are linked with, I've seen, I've seen a little bit, I've, I've watched him a little bit, not in great detail. It looks a good talent, like uh, someone who can, who can come on. But for him to lead the line for United, I am not so sure. So in one hand, we can all clown Anthony Marshall. And, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of his few fans because I oh, think yeah? he's a very... Yeah, I, I think he's a good player when he's fit. Unfortunately for United, he's not fit enough time. Yeah. But when he's actually fit and he's on the pitch... He actually adds something to that United team. So I think what Ten Hag is probably going to do is until he's able to get his big striker, which will probably be next summer, I think he's going to have to just manage what he has. And you can also even maybe possibly add Mason Greenwood into that mix. So when you look at it, it likes of Rashford, Marshall, this new guy from Atalanta, um, Sancho, uh, Anthony, he's probably just going to look at all those players to be able to give him 10 goals each with maybe Rashford going 15, 20 goals, the rest of them 10 goals each. He's, he's going to look to probably share the goals because I don't see any other big striker out there this summer that United can go get, especially when they've got a number of other positions to fill. If they didn't yeah. have four or five other positions to fill, I would have probably said, yes, they'll go all out to get like a, like a Harry Kane or Ramos from Benfica or someone like that. But at the moment, they've got, they've got a number of positions to fill, so they might have to just make do with what they have. 
Uh, fair enough. I, I I could definitely understand that. So Shola, that means that no Mbappe this summer. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I, I've never had that, that dream. So I, I can't I be feel... disappointed about something I never dreamed about. The, the one that I'm disappointed about is Harry Kane because everybody on here knows he's the striker I've been claiming, shouting for for the last four years. That okay. Yes. I feel yes. like, but it's not, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> no, it, it, I know it's not happening. This that's why I'm just praying that Levy just is just stubborn, doesn't sell him, Kane stays, doesn't sign a contract, and then we go in for him next summer. That's why I, I, I don't I don't even think he goes to United next summer. I think no. he goes to Chelsea next summer. Ooh. That's a yeah, I, th- I, I, I think I think I think he goes I, to Chelsea I, I, next summer. Somewhere around the world, I be, I be just came in his pants. <laughs> yeah, so stay those strikers here a little bit. Um, Alex, how do you see the um, Liverpool striking your know, setup currently? I mean, right now, I would believe your strikers are Diaz. No, no, sorry, not Diaz. Um, Nunes and what's his name? Um, Jota, Jota. right? With Firmino yeah. leaving, so you don't have that Firmino blankets that you usually have. Because sometimes Firmino yeah. would not be in the team, and then he will come in the team and team and score a couple of very very good important yeah. goals. So how yeah. do you see you don't you don't have that Firmino cover next year? So how do you see these yeah. two guys doing in attack next season? Yeah, overall, overall we've got we've got five five very good attackers. Uh, yeah. So you've got Salah, Nunes, Diaz, Gapo, and Jota. So as you can imagine. We we'll always start with a front three. With the only certainty we've got is Salah. The other, the other four, you can almost pick and choose depending on the game. They've all got question marks on over them, which is fair due to the fact that some of them are new. The likes of Nunes, Willisetu, Diaz just come out from an injury. Uh, Jota was injured most of last season as well. Gapo was new as well. So in, I'm quite confident in all of them because I feel like if they can all stay injury free. They're all different and they can add they can add something to the team. Because if you look at the five of them, take Salah away, he will give us 20 to 30 goals next season. That's what he does. The rest mm-hmm. of them, if they cannot, if they cannot chip in with 10 to 15 goals, then I think I think we're in a good space. I'm sure you already know that I was one of those that I've been crying out for a Salah understudy for a while now. But the more I look at it, especially when you, I, I think of the makeup of our squad, I think Harvey Elliott's. And we've got this, we've got a kid called Ben Doak. You guys might not know much about him, but you will see him in Europe next season. He's a striker slash right winger. I think both of them will probably deputize for Salah next season. And when you add to the fact that I know we'll talk about it very soon, Dominic being able to play out on the right wing, I think that gives us enough cover for the right. So to answer your question, I think I think they've all got big seasons ahead of them, but I'm quite confident based on what I've seen already, even in pre-season. Like my boy Darwin Nunes already speaking English. Which is something mm. I was hoping it would do. So he looked All right. ready. Alright. So what is so what is your uh, what? Can I just say what is your target for Darwin to hit this season? Premiership. I'm. I want. I want Darwin to hit 15 Premiership goals. Premiership goals. So across all competitions, 20 minimum 20 ah. this season. Alright. Shall I? Do you see him hitting that? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, Go on. Like um, my take on Darwin is that um. I personally think he's a very good player, personally. Um, I just think um, his first season he just lacked a lot of composure in front of goal. Yeah. Like I think that if he adds just about twenty five percent more composure, I think Liverpool will have a proper like they got a real player on their hands because 
you don't get the amount of chances he gets by mistake. Yeah. That's not yep. an accident. That is that is skill. That is talent. That is awareness. That's what you want in your striker. You want your striker. I don't want stri- I don't want my striker to be hitting the ball from 30 yards. I want my strikers to be in the six yard box. <laughs> Scoring yep. touches. That's why I want my strikers. Yep. Darwin is always there. It's just yep. that his finishing was just not good. So if yep. you can if you can work on his composure just a teeny little bit, I think Liverpool got themselves a hell of a player. Yeah. My only issue, Shola, with that um, is I personally think, and I wouldn't do this, but I think Klopp goes with Gapo next season to start, which mm. means Darwin will be the sub, which, in my opinion, doesn't really work for him. Because for more, mm. you can, I'm sure you guys can already see, Darwin, all these South Americans, they're very big, big on passion. Darwin mm. is like a confident type of player, as you guys have seen. Like, you give him a run of games, and I think if he bags one or two, he will just keep bagging. But if you take him out the firing line every now and again and try and bring him in as a sub, I'm not sure if that would work. So that's my only fear because I think that um, Klopp prefers Gapo at the moment because he gives us that Firmino type of falls nine, drops deep, he's elegant on the ball, he can control, he can bring people into play. Darwin is just all battering as a ramp. So at the moment, Gapo is ahead of him. And if Gapo starts ahead of him going to the season, Darwin might need that confidence boost. So if I'm if I'm Klopp, I would start Darwin Nunes and try and give him that confidence. Let him just maybe the first five games he's got three goals. All of a sudden he starts bagging. He can't take him out. That's what I would want. But I think he might go with Gapo. All right, fair enough. But that, that leaves a space for Jota, I guess, who sometimes plays on the left. I believe Alex, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So sometimes, Jota, yeah. Basically, there's space for everyone next season. Is is, is what you are saying. So pretty unless, much. pretty much, yeah. And speaking of like. That um, right-sided uh, midfielder. I'm not even seeing you guys actually really chasing anyone. It kind of feels like Klopp is going to try to be more creative with that role. And yeah. that's where, where you can see maybe your new uh, player. I always I always mess up his name, so sorry. I think it's Soberslide. Soberslide, you're right. Soberslide, yeah. Yeah, and um, if uh, Abby was here, like, Soberslide is like a freaking... Um, football manager legend. Every time you buy him, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I always do a football manager. And obviously, me, I'm not saying that you obviously be like this, obviously. But um, where you, where are you, where the way I use them, I use them literally everywhere on the pitch, and he always plays well. But mostly in central midfield, and he always plays well. He always bangs. So I'm ex- very excited to see him play now that it's confirmed. I am. I am very very excited. I'm not gonna lie. This is one that I didn't. I I didn't think it was gonna happen. Which is why I didn't really, I didn't really talk much about it because all this while I thought we we're going to get Kepan Turam. So when when I now finally found out that we're buying this guy instead, I was happy because he's a better player all round in terms of elegance on the ball, chances scored, goals scored, assists, and things like that. Overall, I think what he really brings to us is three big things. I think he brings technical quality. I think he brings tactical versatility, which you've already touched on, playing in different positions. And over, and last but not least greater availability to our midfield. Last mm. season, he played mm. he played over 30 games for, for Leipzig. And not to uh, digress to Alexis McAllister, but he also played 30-plus games for Brighton last season. So those are the three big things that, in fact, both players bring to us. Speaking of uh, Dominic himself, uh, um, like you had mentioned, he's so versatile. At Salzburg, he operated mainly as a number 10 and a left-sided eight. Then at Leipzig, 
He was playing more on the right side, so as a right eight and a right winger. So he's one of those players that he can stick in anywhere and I feel like he would deliver. But where do I think Liverpool will play him? I think the right eight. He's basically an upgrade on Henderson. So he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna play in that position where him, Trent and Salah will try and form a triangle. And, and what he just brings is just more dynamism to our team. When I compared him like, like to our midfielders last season, he ranked first in goal scored, assists, shots on target, chances created, and passes into the box. That's when yeah. I compared him to all our other midfielders. So as you can see already, from an attacking side of things, he's going to just basically take us to another level. All right, and he's a he's not a bad defense. Is he a, is he a bad defensive player? Is he somebody that can track back? Because if you are going to yeah. play that midfield three. You're gonna to have to have a player that is willing to come back, to willing to go uh, forward and back like that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, obviously, I looked into his numbers here, and as you can imagine, someone who has come from the school of Salzburg and Leipzig, he can already know that these guys are always back, back to front, back to front. He's someone mm-hmm. that can that tracks back. He's someone that sprints. He's someone that chases the ball. So he's not someone that will just stand in front of goal and not try and help the defenders. That's that's not his game. He's never been about that. So. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about the other parts of our team. I'm a little, I'm a little bit still worried in terms of the DM position for us, but we can talk about that later on if you want to. Yeah, no worries. I mean, we'll get to that. I mean, before we yeah. get to that, right now, Shola, um, I can't hear me, sorry. And I can't hear me, Shola, but you know if you could answer this as well. I mean, Liverpool ran you guys so close this summer. I'm sorry, last season, before the end of the season. I mean, they were not able to get their act together in time to catch you guys, but they did run you close. Now, the way they've set up this season, they already have two guys in the bag. You guys as well, you look like you have three guys in the bag. Do you think your squad is good enough to hold off a challenge from Liverpool this season for a top four spot? Or are you actually looking at that title right now? Okay, so let me go first. With yeah. um, Liverpool, I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah, go ahead. I think Liverpool will finish in the top two this year. Oh, um, <laughs> um, I think last year was just a one-off for them. Last year was a one-off, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, a lot of things went against them at the start of the season. Um, yes. Lots of players were out of form and whatnot. But next year, we are going to see them with their full squad, knock on wood, no injuries or no major injuries happen. So we are going to see them with their full squad next year. And I expect them to mount a challenge for the title next year. So I have them finishing in the top two next year, actually, as this squad stands stand currently. Um, okay. I think they've bought well. Um, the Dominic guy, I'm not quite sure where he's going to fit. I know Alex has said he's going to play as an eight. But if I remember correctly, towards the end of last season, um, Klopp started experimenting with Trent's in the midfield. So yeah. I don't know how he's going to balance it with McAllister also there. I don't know okay. what um, what the manager is going to do, but I guess that's why he's paid the big box, right? Um, but they have a good team. I mean, I look at their attack. The attack is, you mentioned Jota, you mentioned Nunes, you mentioned Gakpo, Salah, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Yeah. Diaz. They yeah, Diaz will be a problem next. They season. have a really strong attack, and the young English boys as well, Jones and Abby Elliott. I expect uh, them to come into, 
I expect them to come into it next season and to develop even further. So they have a really strong squad, to be honest with you. Um, looking forward to seeing them play um, next season. So that's my take on Liverpool. I think they are going yeah. to be a force next season. And I expect them to finish in the top two as um, things stand. All right. All right. Um, okay. Alex, do you want to reply to Aki before? Yeah. So no, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I was going to reply. And I, I agree with you with the little the little caveat. I'm a Liverpool fan, so I should be saying we'll finish first. As it stands, I see us finishing in the top three, not top two, top three. If we get our business completed, then I can say we'll actually mount a challenge to actually win the Premiership. But when I say our business completed, two more players are required. If you, if you guys have noticed over the past five minutes, we've been talking about all, all these Liverpool players. Well, most of them have been very attacking-minded players. Yes or no? Yes. Which yeah. means, in my personal opinion, we're still lacking that defensive solidarity. At the moment, we, we're relying on Fabinho, who looks to be washed. We're all hoping that last season was just a one-off. But what if it isn't and Fabinho is now on the decline? So we're relying on Fabinho. We're relying on Jordan Henderson, who's already in his 30s, and a young Stefan Bacchetti, who's probably who's probably not good enough yet or ready to actually take on that mantle. Which is why, as you guys already know, we're linked to the likes of um, Lavia. We're linked to Lavia, which, and, I, and, I, and I pray that we can complete that deal. Because if we can get in a DM and a centre-back, a left-sided centre-back, then I think we're ready to actually mount a challenge. At the moment, we'll, we'll put up a fight. But I just think uh, we're still slightly defensively weak. So if, if we can get in two players, ideally, ideally a Shomeni, which is not going to happen, or Lavia and a, a Levi Cowell or an Inacio for the left-sided uh, centre-back position, then I think we're ready to go. But as it stands, I'll probably say top three is probably my, the best I can hope for. So, do you, But do you definitely see yourself feeling above Manchester United this season? I do, I do, I do. Right, fair enough. Fair. I'm not going to say... I don't there because I actually think last year too was a little bit of a blip for Liverpool. And as usual, if they're able to get it right during this transfer window, which I believe Klopp will, because he's that good a manager. He's like the second greatest manager. But not the second greatest manager, sorry. He's the second best manager in the league right now, right? So that's why I feel like he, he you can never, you know, not ignore, ignore, ignore Klopp. Now, speaking of people that are challenging, I mean... Sure, a lot of Arsenal fans have been happy in the last few weeks. Um, they've had quite a few players come in. Uh, well, actually, only one has been signed, but obviously it looks like three are going to come in. And what I would say is I do not share the same confidence that a lot of people have right now about challenging the team, challenging yet, you know. But where do you feel, where do, do you feel Arsenal are a team that will be challenging for the top for the top prize this season, or where do you place them as are right now, as are the way deals are, are, are right now? Um, well, I'm sorry, I know that everything is going to change, but I'm just trying to get yeah, like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this goes back to what I said, I think our first of the summer series podcast. What I said, I believe this was even before any deals were done. I said it then, I'll say it again that I believe Liverpool are going to be the closest thing to Man City. I said it then. I've been saying it also because, and apart from the reasons that Akin has given or Alex has given, the reasons I gave were because, obviously, the cop factor is number one. Number two, 
I believe that last season was, I genuinely believe last season Liverpool were tired. I believe they were tired from the season before where they played literally every possible game available to them. No other team in Europe did that. That There's no way that would not take a toll on your body. There's no way. And we have seen Liverpool have a poor season and coming back firing on all cylinders. So I believe it's going to be a two-horse race between Liverpool. Then top four is going to be between United, Arsenal, Newcastle, and Chelsea. That's Mm -hmm. my prediction. And yeah, that, uh, and that's on right now, obviously. And I, I get what you mean. At the moment, right now, I'm obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, and or you want to protect yourself. But the way I see this Arsenal team, we lost a big person this week. Um, the way I said, I see the I see Jacka died. Well, but we Jacka left this 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 week, and he's been big in the dressing room. Whatever kind of dressing room it's been, he's always been big. He's he, last season he scored nine goals, got seven assists. And all of a sudden, everybody, you know, everybody's in love with him. Well, not just from last season, season before that still he was good. But we're missing a big part of our dressing room. And there are also talks that we might miss that party might leave as well. So all those party rise jokes will probably end, might end before the season starts, which will, which is which is really bad because I was really looking forward to all the party rise jokes throughout the season. But you know. I, I look at, at 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 the Arsenal team and I'm like that midfield, yes, we bought habits, but who is the habits replacement? Who is who comes in for habits when habits gets injured or something? Is it Emil Smith Rowe? Is it is it um what's it called? Is it um Vieira? If it's either of them, then we're not quite sure what they will bring to us. So when you when people when I hear that, okay, Arsenal right now not looking like they will ultimately challenge as much as Liverpool is. I see the sense in that and I can see why I say that. Because at the same time, Arsenal is actually not linked with any big name striker right now. I mean, Aki, I mean, I think your hand was up. I mean, do you see Arsenal getting Mbappe? Just, you know, maybe you can help us pray for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. right. No, but honestly, honestly, this is my take concerning Arsenal. I think yeah. Rice, I think Rice is going to be a game changer for you guys. Um, one of the things, I think Rice has been one of the players I've wanted at United for the past couple of seasons. Reason being... With Rice, you know what you're going to get week in, week out. Yeah. It gives you nothing less than a 7 over 10 performance every week. And he's a big character as well in the dressing room. You mentioned, um, what was his name? Xhaka was a big character in the dressing room. Rice is also a big character in the dressing room. So it's you're gaining something, even though you're losing, um, what was his name? Xhaka. I think with Rice, Rice is always available. And he's also a very versatile player. He can play in, at centre-back, he can play as a DM, he can play as a CM. And something about Rice that I feel hasn't been tapped is his attacking potential. I think he's actually a pretty good attacking player, but he hasn't had the opportunity to um, bring that to the light, so to speak. And I feel with Ateta coaching him, we're going to see that side of his game blossom more. Um, but yeah, with Arsenal, I think you guys are still lacking one or two players in terms of the centre midfield. If you guys can get another centre or central midfielder in, then I think you guys will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. 
as long as you don't sell Ida Balogo or what's the other guy's name in Ketia, you have to keep at least one of them to support um, Jesus. If you can keep them or if you sell them, replace them with someone else, then I see no reason why you guys can't continue where you left off last season, to be honest with you. You have a young team. Most of them have signed new contracts. So Arsenal fans should be happy. They should be going into the season in confidence mood as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with that. A lot of Arsenal fans go into the season confidence and they're in a good mood. But at the same time, you know, we always just, as an as, as if, uh, me as a fan, I'm not a... I always think of the worst sometimes. So that's why obviously I bring it up. But like I said, we'll, there's still quite a lot of days left in this transfer window. And, you know, there was still a lot that a lot that could happen. And But then you mentioned something. You mentioned about midfielders. And that midfielder that is big, that is everyone is looking at, but hasn't made that move yet. Move yet. And pretty much a lot of people have him pinned as going to Chelsea is Caicedo. And um, Shola, and I like big Shola, Alex on this a little bit. That player can do some can do jobs for both your teams. Is there a reason why both your teams, why you think your teams are not actually really going after him? I mean, there was small talk of of um my United going after him, but that seems to just blow over very quickly. Uh okay. Let like, me, uh, I'll like yeah, yeah, go. Um, um it's a it's a funny one because um I think he's a he's he's a, he's a we need a player of his profile, but um I think it's really down to funds, but that's my personal belief because I can't think of any other logical reason, like why we're not go like why like why we did not make actively pursue him. You know. If it's not funds, I can't think of any logical reason why we didn't go for it. Especially this one that now there talks about, you know, we want two midfielders and we've already gotten one. And now the other name that we're being linked, the name that now we're being heavily linked with as our second midfielder is Amrabat, who mm. they say they can come in at like 30 million. So the only thing that I feel is is stopping us from going for Caicedo is funds, is the price tag. Because I think it's between they're saying about eighty five million should do, should 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 be enough to get him. And you know, from all the things we've been hearing with the takeover, with the thing like United are very limited in terms of their budget, and also our spending is also. I think our further spending or also depending on certain players to leave. Like if Fred is sold, for example. We'll probably make a move for Amrabat or another cheaper midfielder, but I I think it's solely down to just funds. Mm, all, right. all right, and um, Alex, you were about to, you were going to reply. Yeah, now that's pretty much echo what Shola just said. I think it's down to funds. You know, Brighton uh, uh and and Mister Bloom when it comes to selling, he tries to make sure he gets his coin. Um, Caicedo is going to go for nothing less than eighty million, nothing less. And United is not going to do that. Especially, like I mentioned, they've got enough problems to deal with. Same with Liverpool. If both teams had only one or two positions to fill, I think both teams would have actually gone in for Caicedo. But the fact that we've got a number of positions that we're looking to fill, we're not going to splash 18 million on one player. And when you add to the fact that we just bought McAllister from them, and in a way, in a very sly way, where we, where we found out about this clause and going slightly cheaper, 
Brighton would definitely want to make sure they they sell Casado to us for over 100 million. And Liverpool don't operate like that. Once the price starts going crazy, we just walk away. So I think that's what's happened. Well, I'd love a Casado in our team 100%. I think it would make the most sense. He should he should be going to Chelsea, like you said. But if you know Brighton wants Levi Colwell, and hmm. Chelsea don't want to sell. So I think I think there's some games being played there where Brighton are probably trying to say, okay, if you don't give us Coil, then are you sure we'll give you Caicedo? So so watch this space. You know, Arsenal might even come in for him. You just never know. So I don't think, in as much as we thought it was a done deal two weeks ago, it's, it doesn't look like it's a done deal yet. So watch that space. All right, fair enough. Um, so looking at uh, staying with Liverpool and staying with Levi Coil, I mean, he got a lot of plaudits, flowers. You know, from the um, the Europa, it's not Europa, it's the European um, Championship Euro. under twenty one yeah. thing that they yeah. just played, which England just won, which their team did so amazingly well. I think they considered one goal, if I'm not mistaken. Nope. You know. they didn't consider a single goal. Consider. Yeah, exactly. And Levi Cole was one of the big, was one of the big dogs there, a big left footed centre back. That's like that's like finding gold in today's market, and Chelsea have him right there. Um, Liverpool showed a little bit of interest. Um, are you guys linked to anyone else if Colwell doesn't materialize? And I'm talking to Alex here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, first and foremost, the, the interest in Coil is, is 100% legit. We're yeah. Liverpool like him. We want him. We've, we've spoken to his camp. Like, it's, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's any secret that, uh, anymore. We've openly said we want the guy. We'll try to speak with Chelsea. The issue we have is Chelsea are saying he's not for sale. But as we know, Chelsea have never been shy of doing business with their direct rivals if the price is right. So I think I think we'll start seeing movement next week. And the reason why I'm saying next week is because no one wanted to do anything until after the tournament. The tournament has finished now. Coe wants to speak with Pochettino to understand his position. If Pochettino can convince him that he's going to be a starter, I think he stays. The only way Liverpool get Coe is if if he maybe puts up a transfer request and Chelsea say, okay, they're happy to sell it for X amount. That's the only way. Would I love him? Yes. But at the moment, he's not the only one we're looking at. We're looking at, we're looking at him. We're looking at the Wolfsburg defender, Van der Been, a uh, Dutch uh, guy, but I suppose also linked to him. And we're looking at uh, Inacio from Sporting mm. who come in for like half of that price. Um, we we tried for Guavio to start with, but again, we're talking about 100 million plus and we walked away from that deal so it's yeah. looking like Coel or Ignacio at the moment alright fair enough I like that Ignacio well that Ignacio guy we played against him in um, against I think we, against Sporting, Sporting last yeah. yeah in the Europa last year and I remember focusing on him a little bit because uh, again I play football manager a lot and he's one of those guys that are very highly rated and yep. you know, I, I watched him in the game against us, and he held his own. He wasn't, you know, all over the place. Yep. So he's always a good guy. So um, I haven't, I haven't seen apart from that sporting, the two games against Arsenal, I believe. I think he played both of them, if I'm not mistaken. Apart from those yep. games, I haven't watched him at all. So that's pretty much all I know about him. So if you guys get a centre back, do you feel yeah. like your, your your work is done? Do you feel like? You can push on to yeah. this season, or how many more would you would you need? Even after I think, back? yeah, no, like I said, I think we need two: so centre back uh, and a, and a DM. And I think we're going to get both. Now, okay. which players are we going to get? I don't know, but it's looking very likely like it's going to be Lavia. Uh, we're linked with him. You guys are linked with him. Chelsea are linked with him. But again, I think all all these teams are just doing a waiting game at the moment, which is fair enough. Like Southampton have said, they want fifty million. No one's going to pay fifteen million for him. 
So we're all just trying to see what happens. And I think uh, this, this is just this is just my hot take here. I think once that Mbappe deal happens, which I think it will happen, a lot of dominoes will fall into place. And and this is what I think will happen. I might be totally wrong here, but Mbappe will go to Real Madrid. Real Madrid will need funds and they will sell Shulmeni. I think Liverpool and Arsenal will come in for Shulmeni. Now, where would he go? I do not know. So I think Liverpool's first choice will be a Shulmeni because rather than pay 50 million for Lavia, we can pay 70 million for Shulmeni. Why not? But Arsenal also wants him. So again, just watch this space. Uh, but to answer your question, and I've got a bit of a tangent there, but to answer your question, I think a DM and a centre-back, a left-sided centre-back is the business that's left for Liverpool. Fair enough. And um, I like the way you brought the um, the Mbappe deal here because we've heard a few things about... Well, I need, we didn't hear a few things. I saw, you know, all this transfer almost pop up on your phone, Shala. And I said this to Shala here, like, Shala, Shala lose out to send us all this random, random information. <laughs> You just ah, like ah, <laughs> so I mean I've heard of Alvarez, I've heard of now I mean um, obviously Germany has been on, as this is not the first time I'm hearing of somebody trying to put a price on Germany. So I mean, shall I looking at someone like Valverde? Is that someone United could do with? I mean, yeah, but I don't see any reason why Madrid would sell. So I, they have they have space now. I mean, with Mbappe coming in. They will have a little bit of space because right now he plays on the right, doesn't he? Or do you do you think they'll just plant Mbappe up front all alone? Man, I'm not, I don't know. That's a funny one. Yeah, actually, because he plays sometimes. He mostly plays on the left, not the right. But on the left, yeah, they yeah. have Vinicius. But on the left, yeah, they have Vinicius. Yeah, Nobody's going to move. No one's going to move Vinicius. So they are either going to plant him straight up top, or they will buy another winger. Because right now, Asensio is leaving. Correct. He's left already. The he's left. Yeah, there you go. So he's left. So that means they need a right winger as well. So, I mean, I don't know who they, who else they have there. To be honest, so that's a weird one. But basically, what I was what I was trying to get at, Shola, is as United right now, who where do you see your team improving? What numbers would you like them to add? Me, I want us to add obviously a striker. Yeah. No, I mean with like as when even as after let's just say after um. Rasmus and Unana coming. Where where else would you still like them to add? I would like us to improve. I need another midfielder, like another holding midfielder, because yeah. I need someone that can come in when Casemiro is out. Because the drop off when Casemiro is not playing is incredible, and you know we need someone else that's competent enough that can play that role, that holding midfield role well you know because like without that holding midfielder you you can get torn apart like if you don't have a good holding midfielder you can easily get torn apart and um there are many many times when Casemiro was out that we were outplayed but we somehow got the job done you know so yeah. I think in attack if we can get another four that would be nice but I think I would want to prioritize a midfielder first. If we get Rasmus and Onana in, I would I personally would prioritize like a DM, like a like another DM. Okay. So two more players for you then a DM and a striker. Yeah. And, and this one is we're just assuming that nobody else leaves. You know, I mean Akin, for example, access to Akin, for example. Akin, when you um do you think you need a center back there? I mean. With Varane injured, you always have to play Lindelof. 
or Maguire. I mean, you don't even play Maguire anymore. Sean is ben- Shaw is benching that one. So that's I mean, that's crazy on its own. Do you think that United need another CB there? Oh, yes, we do. We do. Oh, yeah. um, I think, like I said, one of my prayer is Maguire leaves. So if Maguire goes, we ultimately have to get another centre-back. Um, there's this guy at Monaco, was his name, Darcy. We've been linked to him for a couple of weeks now. I don't know how good he is, but um, I think that shows you that um, the manager is looking for someone as well to partner or to come in when either Varane or Martinez are out injured. So definitely we need a centre-back. Um, like Shola said, um, a DM is very, very important. Very important. Um, most of the games where we got heavily beaten last season, Liverpool away, um, City away, we could have done with two DMs. It's not every game that you play your usual formation. There are some games where you have to go and defend. And that is what we've lacked. We've not, we don't have that defensive midfielder that can come in and sit right next to Casemiro and just stop the nose from bleeding, so to speak, which is why I was a bit upset when we went for Mounts and we didn't pursue Casado. Even though Mounts, I mean, I don't rate him that much, to be honest with you, but I can see his appeal. I can see why the manager wants him or the manager wanted him. But I just felt if we had gone for Caicedo rather than Mounts, we would have had Caicedo, Casemiro, and Bruno. And just give Bruno license to play as a forward player, tell him not to come back and defend. Just leave Caicedo and Casemiro, let them do the leg work and let Bruno flourish doing what he does best. But the manager has made his decision. And um, like Shola said, we've been linked with um, Amrabat. He's a good player. Um, we saw him at the World Cup. We saw him at the um, Europa or was the Euro League. And he conference did well final. in those yeah, conference final. He did well there. So if we can get him in to deputize and to sometimes play alongside Casemiro, I think it's a good idea. But if there is one position that I feel we need to get, we shouldn't even be up for debates is the striking position. We have to get a striker in as soon as possible. We cannot go into that season, next season, with Marshall starting. We just can't do that. So that's very... Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. And I also want to say that this Akiev is a thief. He wants to play Casado and Casemiro as DM so that Bruno can go wild. Exactly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Doesn't that make sense to you? Yes. Well, well, to be honest, um, actually, let me bring up. Uh, sorry, say that finish. Go on, go on. Okay, so okay. rather than going for Mount, look at um, what was it called? Caicedo. Caicedo mm-hmm. has the ability to break forward, even though he hasn't, his game is not that refined, he doesn't score goals and whatnot. But he has the ability to take the ball and run with it. Give Bruno the ball, let Bruno do his magic, and just let Caicedo and Casemiro. Casemiro too breaks forward, he scored about seven goals last season. Yeah. Let them chip in with the amount of goals they were chipping with. And let Bruno do his thing up front. That was the logical solution to me. But I guess ETH knows what is doing best, right? He decided to go with Mount. Now, Mount is not the bad player by any stretch of the imagination or by any means. But I just feel the team is a bit imbalanced with Mount there. I don't know how he's going to cope as an eight. He hasn't played that formation, that role before. So I look forward to see what the manager is going to do. But 
if I had the opportunity, I would have gone for Caicedo. It was the logical answer to me, but yeah, here we are today. Uh, fair enough. And um, like I said, you are a team for that, but okay. Because uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember the days, I remember the days of Bruno playing for that up front, and that was his biggest strength. Every single game, you could get a goal. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. And um, I used to always have this argument with Alex, where Alex tried to show me that video is a setter forward. I will argue. <laughs> I will argue this thing that 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 you know, Bruno is the setter forward. But in this kind of formation that Akiemi is proposing, Alex, um, this is the kind of situation where Bruno will actually play very very close to the um, to the to the setter forward position. I will actually affect their goal scoring a lot more. Do you see them as yeah. a bigger threat if that is the case next season? I do, I do, and I, and, and I agree uh, with, uh, with everything that's just been said. Uh, the issue, the, the issue that United are having is funds. I think Shola has already alluded to it. Yeah, you, you can't go, you can't go out and, and spend ninety million on Caicedo if you're United today. When you know you need a striker, you need you need uh, probably another midfielder. Remember, they're going to lose Fred and McTominay as well, most likely. They need a new goalie as well. So spending that amount on Caicedo was, I don't think it was ever realistic on the United side of things. I think the whole Mount thing is United obviously wanted Mount, but I didn't think, but I didn't think they went into negotiations with Chelsea hoping to spend 16 million on Mount. I think they probably thought they would get Mount for 14 million. And obviously they were locked in talks already, so they just had to pay the amount that was asked for 16 million. Mount is not a bad player, like everyone has said, and I think he gives them something that a lot of people are overlooking: versatility. And it gives them the opportunity to rest Bruno because Bruno has not had a rest in almost three, four years. Mount yeah. can come in and play as a winger, he can come in and play as an eight, and come in and play as a 10. So I think Mount gives them something. That, and he played, well, he didn't play under uh, uh, Ten Hag, but Ten Hag knows him from his time in Holland. I think he tried to buy him before when he was, when, when Mount was in Holland. So he knows yeah. his kid. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are on the looking what Mount can give United. I think he will surprise a number of people there. I'm I'm angry that he went to United because I wanted him at Liverpool. I think we've got we've, we've got a better player and Dominic, but that's a different topic for another day. But yeah, United, I think I think they can get the house in order and, and buy who they've said, who Shola said that they need, which I think obviously is another midfielder and possibly a striker. I think they can go again. All right, fair enough. And um, just to so that we can conclude here, because we're going off, you know, for almost an hour now. And just to just have uh, Shola have one of the few last words here. I mean, Shola, even with with Mount going in now, um, do you see? How do you see yourself um, facing up with um, Liverpool in Europe next season? Do you see? Do you see them as a threat in Europe to your to um, to your Champions League run next season? We're in Europa. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Europa. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you knew that, Dima. You know, that. <laughs> I just have to throw that Europa to the rig. You know, it's, it's funny that you get... <laughs> I think this is the first time where... Well, maybe in the last five years, at least... When was the last time we played Champions League? I can't even remember. God damn, it's been so long. But it's been a long yeah, time man. since both, since only Liverpool has been out of Champions League. It takes me back well, to Chelsea, those good old days. Chelsea, Chelsea. Chelsea <laughs> <laughs> it takes me back to those days. But thank you guys very much for coming. Thank you, Alex, for coming and giving your views. I can't be, it's, it won't be so long to get you back on this, especially on the FPL. We've got, I mean, 
you are you need to you need to upstep your game up a bit for life a few times. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm taking it serious this coming season. Yeah, that's what you always see. That's what you always see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to a title, yeah, to a champion. This already look on my name, bro. <laughs> right, fair enough. But thank you, thank you guys so much for coming, Akemi. And thank Thanks you again, for Alex. Me. Thanks for coming. You guys have oh, a good wow. one. I thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Um, we will have more content for you in the next two few weeks, um, two or few weeks further out that um that happen. Hopefully, we get uh, much more news. Liverpool by that CM or DM, uh, my United by that. I think CBDM and Sense of Board is all going on in the Premier League. So thank you all. <laughs> and we will talk next time. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks all. All right. Thanks. All right. Then. Let's begin, bro.